This video is sponsored by Exter, creators of the world's smartest wallet. Exter's mission statement is simple. They're here to make good-looking gear that saves you time. Their premium leather wallets come with magnetic card holders that give you quick and easy access to all of your important cards and IDs, and the built-in RFID protection keeps your personal information safe and secure. The products also contain solar-powered trackers with a two-way ringing feature that allows you to ring your wallet from your phone and vice versa, meaning that you'll never have to worry about misplacing either one ever again. Exter's wallets have minimalist, card-focused designs. Their flagship Parliament wallets are perfect for slim storage and quick card access, while the modular bifold reinvents the classic with all of Exter's amenities. Exter is currently celebrating their anniversary sale now through April 12th with 20% off everything on the site, including wallets, cases, bags, and accessories. Go to Exter.com and experience the wallet of the future today. Boy, it's nice to have that ad file around, because if I ever want to hear your voice, Marty, I can just play it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of ironic that you told me to shut up and then click the button and I started to speak. I thought that was great. Yeah. It says, like, two of you. This will see what it's like <laughs> if you get replaced by a deepfake. Exactly, exactly. One could say it was a clone. That was trying to tie into Star Wars, because there's oh, clones nice, yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, anyway, hello, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yatsi Kroshaw with a bit of a cold and a sore throat this morning. But luckily, I'm not the one who gives that much of a shit about Star Wars. <laughs> Marty is. It's good. I was the one who pitched this topic, so I am happy to be the one to to carry uh, <clears throat> carry this load throughout our Kessel Run. Another Star Wars reference. Boom. Two of them. Nice. Yeah, I was never much of a Star Wars kid. Uh, uh, interesting. Like, not even, like, the, the movies? Like, they were, whatever. I'm sure you watched them, but, like, well, you weren't crazy about them? Well, the main line of it was the movies. I think I yeah. was, like, a teenager before I watched them all. Mm-hmm. But, uh... uh it, yeah, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but they certainly have lent a rich territory for the world of video games, because you mm -hmm. can basically make any video game in Star Wars, in the Star Wars setting, and it would have that unique Star Wars flavor to it. Yep. Absolutely. It, and it's almost like Star Wars has almost been around for as long as the medium itself. And in a ways you can almost uh, uh, kind of track the trajectory of uh, of the evolution of video games with by just looking at Star Wars games. And like you said, they, they have there's almost no genre left unturned. I'm... Also, Nick, Nick mentioned you might want to turn your volume up a little bit because of your cold. Yes, I know. Let me move the mic a bit closer to my mouth. Yeah. How's that? Oh, it sounds excellent. I can hear all the sickness inside of you now. Oh, great. <laughs> yes, well, um, one of the the very first Star Wars games that came out was uh, was an arcade game. Mm -hmm. and it was quite a mold-breaking one. It was uh, sort of a flight sim thing that recreated the Death Star trench run in uh, polygons, just wireframes, as I recall. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, as you say, Star Wars game, the history of Star Wars games might as well be the history of the medium. Yeah, absolutely. There's almost been a, uh, there was like a running joke for a while that you could chart the trajectory of the medium, not just with Star Wars games, but with Hoth levels. That's like the ice planet levels, mm -hmm. because um, I believe the very first Star Wars game was actually an Empire Strikes Back game. That was just the Battle of Hoth, like the snow speeders going against the AT-ATs. And then obviously we saw that evolution like throughout early console games and then into Shadows of the Empire and Rogue Squadron. And, um, you know, now all the way to like Battlefront 2 has a has a Hoth level and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, too. Star Wars seems like it's just perfectly 
ripe for video games because so much about it is video gamey. Um, like, you know, Star Wars is, is, um, sort of designated by its planets and the planets all sort of feel like old platforming levels when you say, oh, it's the ice level or the forest level or the desert level, like. I don't know, George Lucas kind of adheres to that exact same thing in Star Wars. Um, yeah, and whatever's your taste, there's a Star Wars version of it. There's, yeah. Um, there's a melee, very iconic melee mm -hmm. combat with the lightsabers, or you could shoot everything up with the blasters. Mm -hmm. And it's not quite the same as just playing a normal shooter. I remember noting that in the uh, playing one of the Battlefront Star Wars games, because it felt like a Battlefield game, mm -hmm. except it had Star Wars blasters. And uh, that actually created quite a significant difference because when you when you shoot a gun it's not immediately obvious where the gun is from a distance mm -hmm. and if you shoot a blaster it's immediately obvious where it came from so that adds a yeah. unique twist to star wars shooters yeah and it helps sort of like add a like layer of of like visual chaos to the battles that you know that's how the the movies were able to sort of portray gunfights as you had these like red lasers and blue lasers and green lasers all you know ping-ponging back and forth and the same thing with lightsabers and so um it's all yeah and like you mentioned simple isn't it it makes it is all very simple there's yeah. the baddies and there's the goodies um, <laughs> exactly and and halfway through every movie characters hop in a vehicle or they hop on a creature and they start riding off and they jet off into space and then all of these things are are ripe for video games and we need never trouble ourselves with new ones. No. Probably <laughs> a testament to Star Wars' last ability as a franchise. Uh, yeah, it might be, actually, yeah. All right, then. Well, let's uh, ask the question implied in the headline of today's mm -hmm. video. What is your favorite Star Wars video game of all of them you've played? Uh, that's tough. So I started listing all the ones I've played, and I think I've played... 60 which is <laughs> a lot and a lot of them were very bad a lot of that like they star wars had a, a a interesting uh uh sort of peaks and valleys throughout its uh video game history um so the boring answer is knights of the old republic mm. um and i only say it's the boring answer because i think a lot of folks are gonna say kotor um but it does, it does uh, tend to come up a lot doesn't it yeah yeah and it was um it is the interesting thing where Star Wars, um, the, the games that we'll be talking about so often uh, kind of took the mold of something that was in vogue at the time and put its own spin on it. Whether you go back to, um, you know, like Dark Forces being being uh, an evolution of Doom or... Yeah, uh, Fallen Order being the prerequisite Souls-like for the era. Yeah, yeah. And they've even done that with weird ones. Like there was a Star Wars demolition game, which was their take on Twisted Metal, where it was kind of like, well, why... Did anyone want a Star Wars Twisted Metal game? Um, the Force Unleashed was very much like their take on God of War or like a character action game. Um, mm. That'd be my vote for probably the worst Star Wars game I've played would be Force Unleashed 2. <laughs> Force Unleashed 2 was really bad and it was like notoriously rushed and apparently the writer had to like finish the entire script in three weeks, which doesn't seem great. Although now I'm thinking about it, I don't really remember anything about it except that I really hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you play the uh, original Force Unleashed? I kind of fucked up on that because I okay. did, but I played the Wii version. Oh, okay. Yeah, that it, was the uh, that was the era when we would get a bunch of those strange um, like Wii ports that were kind of the same game, but also kind of not. Yeah. See, also uh, Alone in the Dark. 
But that sort of makes me nostalgic for when there'd be, there'd be a bunch of different versions of games, and one would come out on the Commodore 64, and one would come out on the uh, on the uh, IBM PC. And you'd yeah, put the screenshots on the back of the box and wonder why the hell you settled for this pile of shit against yeah. what everyone else was getting. <laughs> yeah, we even had the same thing, uh, like, in the uh, 16-bit era. We had the same thing with, uh, like, Disney games. There'd be, like, two different versions of Aladdin games, depending on if you had a Sega Genesis or a Super Nintendo. And so mm. it, that was, like, back when the console war was actually fueled by things that were different, as opposed to now where people just argue over um, the the company that makes their box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what about, okay, so if, if uh, Force Unleashed 2 was... was Probably your least favorite. Uh, what do you have any high watermarks? Um, well, as I said, I haven't played so many. I, I haven't even played Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, wow, that's surprising. Which, um, a lot of people bring up as like one of the first in that sort of vein of RPGs that Mass Effect and Dragon Age grew out of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was Bioware sort of uh, uh, stepping out into the spotlight. Um, you know, for the, I think it was their first game on console as well for Xbox. I just brought up a big list of a uh, uh, list of Star Wars video games on Wikipedia, and mm -hmm. good God, there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a little bitter towards Star Wars because I was uh, big into LucasArts adventure games back in the '90s. Okay, I was going to say Star Wars to me, Star Wars in the '90s is synonymous with LucasArts, um, and tangentially those games, you know, um, which ironically we just got the announcement yesterday about uh, a third Monkey Island game, which is very exciting. Um, yes, yes, and of course, but there was a point when LucasArts basically said, stop making original IPs. It's all Star Wars forever now. Fuck mm -hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's understandably why you'd be uh, bitter towards them, and that's, you know, ultimately why... Uh, post Grim Fandango folks like, you know, Tim Schafer left the company and went to, to form his own thing with Double Fine and why folks like Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman left. Um, but I, again, it was, it's nice that it felt like there's like a, a, like Looking Glass Studios. It felt like that LucasArts was almost like a, you can go back and like a, a chart a family tree of all the games that have been influenced by folks who, who worked there at the time. I guess I kind of liked Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, a, a, that was a massive recent one. That was a huge hit. Yeah, yeah, but as I said, I've played very little of these. Mm -hmm. You haven't played uh, the LEGO games? Oh, yes, I have played those, but it's hard to classify okay. those in the, in the context of favorite video games because they're really just, you know, a fiddly thing you do with your hands when your dad mm -hmm. is visiting you for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was kind of the jumping off point for this was um, I, I started uh, a few hours of the, the newest Star Wars Lego game that just came out today, yes. I believe. Uh, yes, I have Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Yes, that's on my list. I haven't mm -hmm. played it yet. I was going to start playing it yesterday, but the code Nick gave me, it turned out, was only for Xbox. It's a vintage, uh, usually, a vintage Nick lie. Usually, when you have an Xbox code, you can run it on Windows. But mm. sometimes, very, very arbitrarily, I always think, the games just won't. They'll say, no, this isn't for Windows. This isn't for the likes of you. This is only for yeah. Xbox owners. That's uh, the so, House of Mouse. The House of Mouse would never allow you to uh, use one code on, on multiple devices. So it didn't. So I couldn't actually run it. But then I was talking to mm -hmm. Nick about it, and he said, uh, does it still work on your Xbox One? And then I said... You know what's hilarious? 
I've completely forgotten that I own an Xbox One. <laughs> oh, like you have like an old Xbox One. Yeah, I don't think I've unpacked it since I moved into this house. <laughs> but then Nick said, oh, fuck it, we'll just buy it on Steam tomorrow. I was about to say, that that would probably ultimately be the uh, the best way to yeah. solve this problem. So I figured, yeah, I mean, why break a winning streak? So I still haven't plugged in my Xbox One and I'll just play it on Steam later today. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, that that, that works out perfectly. Um, but I, I did yeah. see this. I did see Skywalker Saga at E3, like three years ago now. Uh oh yeah, it was. It's been delayed uh quite a bit. So um yeah, that was back when. Well, that was back when E3 existed, wasn't it? And I remember being impressed by the scope of it because I was from, yeah. way, from the title, I was just expecting it just to be a, you know like a compilation of all the previous Lego Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. But it's not, is it? It's a, it's a new thing. It's a full-on new thing. Absolutely, yeah. And you can choose to play through the stories of the nine, um, you know, core um, movies. Uh, but also, there's just, like, 15 or 20 planets, big open-world planets you can go to and explore. And there's a bunch of activities and stuff to unlock and oh. and different characters and puzzles and gameplay formats. Um, I haven't put a ton of time into it, but it is, yeah, it's definitely way more ambitious than um, any LEGO game you know, outside of like Lego City Undercover or um, the Lego Dimensions sort of toys yes. to life stuff. Yes, I'll be looking forward to trying that out as soon as Nick mm-hmm. buys the copy on Steam. Nick. You hear that, Nick? Just Nick, uh, you're probably in chat. Buy the copy. Just a little reminder there, Nick. Nick, buy the Nick. copy. You got to buy Nick. the copy. Nick. <laughs> Nick. Nick. Nick, I forgot Nick, my lunch. I'm sick. You got to buy the copy. I forgot my lunch at home, Nick. You're going to have to drive it over to my house, Nick. <laughs> Uh, okay, he did it just now. Good. See? Okay. Let uh, never never say that uh, whining doesn't get you things in life because it does. All right, I'm going to get that installing now. I think. Perfect. So, so what's your? I asked you what your favorite one was, right? Yeah. So what's your I least to, I, favorite? What's your least favorite okay. Star Wars game? Uh, least favorite is also kind of boring but easy because i think there's two very easy contenders for worst and i've played through both of these games to completion and i can guarantee they're quite awful uh one is the uh ps1 era fighting game masters of terras kasi um which fighting is game. just a licensed yep. fighting game is it mm-hmm. is always a red flag isn't it yeah, and this was in the, it, it tried to do, it was like early 3D fighting, so like the era of like early Tekken and Soul Edge, and it tried to do that. I think there was only half a dozen characters. Uh, I remember one of the big things was that uh, Princess Leia was a character, but you could unlock uh, her in her metal uh, slave bikini from Return of the Jedi. Oh, and nice. when you did that, her name turned into Princess Leia just with an exclamation point at the end of it. And that's how they differentiated the two, which I kind of like that the game is oh, like, oh, you're horny now. We're going to put in an exclamation point. So to play as Princess yeah. Leia or Princess Leia? Princess Leia, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the other uh, more recent one would be uh star wars connect which um is exactly what it sounds like it was was a uh connect game was that the dancing one yep it was a couple mini games and one of them was a dancing game because if there's one thing uh uh, that comes to mind when you think about star wars it's dancing Hmm. because uh Um, often star wars will be used as sort of a tech demo thing yeah and the thing is on paper a star wars tech game or a star wars connect game could absolutely work um 
you know, you could you could use the force to move your hands around to 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 pick up rocks and throw them, or you could sort of imitate having a lightsaber. Um, but in execution, it was just absolutely dreadful. Hmm. What's that VR one? Looking at my list again, Vader, uh, Vader Immortal? Immortal. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That one was it was pretty cool. It was more neat than like a good game. Uh, but well, that's, I don't know, that's probably, VR tech demos in a nutshell, isn't it? I guess that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, oh, God, but yeah, there's playing. a long history. Like, I, I feel like there's like 10 we need to mention because people in the chat will be very angry if we don't. All right. And well, that goes back to like, I'm okay, going to gladly. sit here, swallow saliva for a few minutes. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, so I mentioned Dark Forces, but that, uh, you know, grew into, while Dark Forces was very much like a Doom clone, uh, that grew into Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, which uh, ended up becoming uh, sort of, it, it pulled the camera back and instead of being a first person shooter, it was about becoming a Jedi. And so it became a third person. Um, and, you know, it had you crafting a lightsaber and going on all these cool, cool adventures. And you have to keep in mind that these were coming out um in the early to mid 90s so this was when there was uh just we were in the doldrums when it came to star wars because return of the jedi came out in 83 and then it wasn't until 99 that we had the prequels so there was so 16 was, years without star wars was it not dark forces that introduced the character of kyle katarn uh kyle katarn yeah absolutely you had Which, kyle katarn who ended up becoming like yeah, a face of Star Wars for a while. That became an official part of the Star Wars Expanded Universe before Disney threw the entire Expanded Universe in a great big bin forevermore. I don't know what it is about our current era that makes us think we can just reboot everything and chuck every long-established thing into the bin. Like They're doing that with even like the Monkey Island thing you just mentioned. Did, was, oh, that they're getting rid of like the other sequels? Are we forgetting Monkey Island 3 and Escape from Monkey Island? Well, obviously, we should absolutely forget about Escape from Monkey yeah. Island. But, you know, back in the day, we used to, you know, accept that this was part of canon and yeah. move on. And the fucking Halloween series. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it is. I hate when they're like, this is Halloween 2, but it's a sequel to the original Halloween, not to the movie Halloween 2, but also forget about that reboot of Halloween that was also called Halloween with a yeah, sequel called yeah. Halloween 2. Didn't that like four times that franchise? Very confusing. It's very, yeah, just going back to the well. It does seem to be something about this current era that makes cre like uh, IP controllers think that everything should just be rebooted and reset. I think that speaks to a sort of cultural arrogance on our generation's part. Yeah, and it, and it is sad for, um, like, video game preservation because there's a lot of things that are now kind of, like, lost to the annals of time uh, or in some sort of, like, a, a, a copyright quicksand. And you're like, well, am I just never going to be able to play this, like, without just stealing it? And at that mm -hmm. point, if you have no other option, just steal it. That's fine. Of course, the trouble with bringing a video game protagonist into the larger expanded universe is that video game protagonists are inevitably unstoppable badasses and there's not a whole lot mm -hmm. of drama involved yeah that's uh that's true see Kyle Katarn um also on the PC front at the time uh you had uh TIE Fighter X-Wing and then X-Wing versus TIE Fighters which were um it was like uh kind of a flight sim uh, uh dog fighting combat games for people who didn't want to like learn too much of the technical aspect of it so aka me um yeah, those, are good. Those, those games are still really great yeah as well as melee combat and shooty combat 
uh, space combat also mm-hmm. fits really well. Yeah, don't, throughout don't the uh, games. Yeah, throughout the generations, and then we got um, from Factor Five, we got Rogue Squadron on the Nintendo sixty four, which you know ended up getting a bunch of sequels and spinoffs with Rogue Leader and and Battle for Naboo and everything in the Clone Wars. So um, once it felt it felt like every time they found like like Star Wars games, oftentimes would throw everything at the wall. And then if something would stick, they would continue making those games. So you got a bunch of, you know, Dark Forces spawned a series. Uh, the Flight Sim games spawned a series. Uh, they made a platformer called Super Star Wars. That did well, so they made Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi, even though those, those games were just, like, impossibly difficult. Well, like, I generally six, think those games were... Yeah, 16-bit yeah. arcade era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it was pretty much just like, well, that's the only way we can, because this game is actually only like 25 minutes long, so the only way we can extend its length is by just pounding you into submission over and over. People keep mentioning Yoda stories in the chat, and that is one I yeah. played. I remember playing that. That was a weird one. That was ahead of its time, almost. That was a series of procedurally generated mm-hmm. top-down adventure games for Windows. They also did yeah. one for Indiana Jones called Indiana they did. Jones yeah. and Desktop Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were like little point-and-click games where you'd get, uh, like you said, procedurally generated, which for me at the time was very difficult because I couldn't just follow a walkthrough. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was like they had adventure game puzzles where you'd get items and have to realize, like, figure out what to do with this. Um, you know, like you find a battery and you need to find the machine that you need to power it up with in order to get, you know, Luke's X-Wing to be able to fly off the ground. Um, so yeah, again, that's sort of a you know, what was popular at the time? Well, point-and-click adventure games. And they were like, well, let's try this and see if uh, anyone yeah, likes it's it. it's doubly weird considering LucasArts had a grand tradition of making really good point-and-click adventure games, but they never made a Star Wars one. Yeah, like we got a good, you know, there were some classic Indiana Jones ones, but it's it's interesting to me that they never, I don't know if, I was going to say I if guess... George Lucas had a stranglehold on the rights, but they made a bunch of shitty games at the time, so I can't imagine I it... they were... I guess adventure gameplay doesn't apply so well to Star Wars because Star Wars is, you know, all about action stunts and impressive yeah. pieces and stuff. So it's much better suited to action games. Yeah, yeah. Which that'll be interesting because um, we'll mention a little bit the uh, the the currently in development Star Wars games might include ones that uh, hinge a little bit on the adventure. So. We'll see if that that actually pans out, though. Um, yeah, but yeah, speaking of other genres, we had racing games with Star yeah. Wars Pod Racer, which a lot of people consider to be one of the uh, few highlights of of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, um, people seem to like that. It, it's just yeah. to show if if a game can be slightly above terrible or yes. slightly above average, <laughs> then the Star Wars license can really push it into you know the stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, there was also a version of Racer in the arcades, uh, which, you know, we mentioned Star Wars's early history in the arcades, but that continued for a while. And honestly, some of my, like, fondest memories of the occasional time I'd play an arcade game throughout the 90s or, or early aughts when they were more prevalent were Star Wars games. Um, there was, like, a Star Wars trilogy game that came out around the times of the special editions. There was a fancy pod racer game where you were controlling um, um, both your engines. There was a game called Star Wars Battle Pod that was one of those, like, fancy expensive games. Like, it probably cost a dollar or two, but you got into this whole pod thing, and it was, like, a almost like a, a an experience kind of game. Um, but those are neat ones that, you know, maybe you can emulate, but I don't know how well sort of that era of arcade games work um, on PC. Did you play any of the MMOs? 
I did not. No, that's uh, one of my blind spots was so Star Wars Galaxies came out and that was big for, I think, probably like seven or eight years. And then that sort of bled into uh, the older public, which which Bioware yeah. took over on its own. I believe Galaxies might have been a Sony online. That might have been like some of the EverQuest folks. I have no idea, but uh, yeah. you know, played one MMO, played them all. Yeah, yeah, but I. It's kind of cool that in, um, I know that the Star Trek MMO mm -hmm. has been creating like its own canon that goes beyond like uh, the last uh, episodes, the, the actual TV series. So it's actually like continuing the canon left off from Deep Space Nine and Voyager. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know if if modern Star Wars would ever allow their games. Like, I don't know if the older uh, is the old. I don't think the older public is canon. Well, uh, you gotta wonder how you can keep constantly create content because that's what MMOs need to do. They need to keep creating yeah. more content and new stories. So all that canon has to go somewhere. I guess the fact that it's set in yeah. the past helps. Yeah, you can kind of just like toss it into an era and say like, ah, we're just going to focus on this. It's fine. Uh, we, like we don't really have to, we can call outside the lines a little bit because they're not interacting with, you know, Luke and all the characters folks now. Does Star Wars have like a cohesive canon at this point? Or is it just a setting? Um, is there like a, a clear and coherent timeline for every event that's happened in it? There is, like more so than like something like Zelda. Um yeah, because they, 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 um, their system of years, like how we have like BC and AD, they have, uh, I believe BBY, like before the Battle of Yavin, which is the battle at the end of the original Star Wars movie. Um, so they, I think they sort of count that as like year zero. Um, and then, you know, it's how many years before it and then how many years after it. And sometimes it goes like thousands of years and everything. Well, as I said, Disney did throw a lot of it in the bin. They did. When, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they bought the, the franchise. Yeah. Um, um, go, know, just, going through my list. Oh, go ahead. It just makes me wonder what worth it really has as a brand at this point. Uh, or like as a, as a, as a canon. When I'm looking at this list of video games, it's all just turns into white noise after a while, just looking at these titles. Yeah. But I think that's kind of star wars this thing and maybe even disney's disney's thing is it has to have something for everybody like that's the um that's the uh sort of the disneyland and disney world mantra it can be fun for the babies and fun for the children and fun for the teens and fun for the parents um and you see that in you know there was the star wars has had strategy and and rts and 4x games like in terms of rebellion and galactic battlegrounds and empire at war so um you know, they have those alongside, uh, like we mentioned, Battlefront and, and uh, Republic Commando in terms of first-person shooters. And then they've made games after almost every single one of the movies, like the, the um, prequel trilogy all had games and spinoffs like the Obi-Wan game and Pony Hunter and, and um, Jedi Power Battles and stuff. So it's just like there's no... It just seems like there's nothing that they will say no to, which is strange. I feel sorry for the fans trying to keep it all consistent. I suppose. <laughs> but I guess maybe that's part of the thing is like, unless you're like a, a real wild diehard, you don't have to. You can kind of just say like, all right, I'm interested in this corner of Star Wars. Um, and then you can, you can, you know, leave all of your other Star Wars over here. Um, you know, like Star Wars was a big, uh, they, they were very early into the mobile market and we just got a glut of, of, Star Wars mobile games um, from, you know, sort of 
tappy based uh time wasters to an early tie-in with angry birds which was very strange at the time but now seems incredibly normal in the like increasing fortnightization of of games yeah i'm seeing that on this list yeah there was an angry birds uh crossover angry birds star wars in 2012 Mm -hmm. there's also uh a disney infinity mention here as a crossover yeah, so that was, uh, again, the Toys to Life thing. Um, I think one of the entire seasons of Disney Infinity was Star Wars based. And um, I played those at a, at like a preview event and it was like surprisingly good and competent. It was just uh, that was kind of coming at the tail end of the Toys to Life thing. And, and you know, no matter how good it was going to be, it was sort of dead to rights. I was just wondering if there'd ever been like a management game in the Star Wars universe. Uh, there have been cantina management games. There have been Death Star management games. Really? Is that like? Is that what you mean by management? Yeah, yeah. yeah mobile I games. Don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I'm not lying. Like it would legitimately be hard pressed to find a genre that hasn't been. Like there hasn't been a dating game. There hasn't been a Star Wars dating game yet. Maybe well, we'll make that. Not enough icky girls. Where's my? I want my. I want my green tentacled waifu. I mean, don't take fa- that out of context. I mean, let's face it; it's an adventure series for boys, or at least that's how it started. Yeah, I mean, Princess Leia was basically the only crumpet on offer. At the you start. mean Princess Leia? With a question, yeah, with a Princess Leia. <laughs> I mean, yeah, humor me. If you were going to make a, a dating sim for Star Wars for men, obviously. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I guess not so obviously. You know, I'm sure plenty of ladies like their boy dating sims. But what if it was a dating sim and it was good, you're going to make a harem of Star Wars ladies? Who uh-huh. would you put in it? I mean, I think you would just create create ladies. Like you know, there's a bunch of different races, and so you'd have the Twi'leks who have the who have the sort of the the head tentacles. No, Maybe you'd have a no. robot. No, you yes, can't you have could have a robot. You've got to have established uh, the- characters. I've decided that's the it, rule. Oh, it's got to be established characters. Okay, so, so come on, Princess have... Leia. There's number one. There's the given. Princess Leia. Uh, you'd have Padme, Princess Leia's mom. Okay, definitely yeah, the opportunity for some saucy antics there. Yeah, you'd have uh, you'd have uh, uh, you'd have uh, Ray from uh, the new movies, the the lead in the new trilogy. This is spanning three generations so far. Yeah, listen, you didn't give me the rules for for the dating game. You just you just said. Give me my harem, and I'm trying okay. to give you your harem, Yahtzee. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, if you were making a harem for ladies consisting of hunky boys... I oh, mean, that'd be easy. Yeah, that's easy. Luke, Han, yeah. Lando. Lando yeah, wins, Chewy. obviously. Chewy. Some sickos who want to sleep with R2-D2. There's some Jabba gals out there, probably gals who are into Jabba. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like those those girls who uh, always like send love letters to serial killers in prison. <laughs> exactly. Those, exactly. Those, Would that be the people who like want like Darth Vader? There's plenty of them out there. <laughs> yeah. See, but yeah, that's great. But now that I think about it, you really have to sort of start scraping if you want a cast of female lovelies. Yeah, you'd have to get Padme and Padme stand in. Yeah, who was played by Kira Knightley? Fun fact. Yes, yeah, so the chat. So there you go. Oh well, there you go. Um, yeah, and so that kind of brings us to, like, modern Star Wars, which you mentioned Jedi Fallen Order. That was kind of the last uh, really big game before, um, you know, for the better part of the decade, EA had the sole rights to make Star Wars games. And, um, you know, they 
yes. kind of dropped the ball on it a little bit. Um, yes, there was that game Visceral Games were working on that got cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, Ragtag. And then there was a game called 1313 that got cancelled. There was like a Darth Maul cancelled game. Uh, but in theory, the future is looking relatively bright for Star Wars because um, Respawn has announced a, a trio of games it's involved in. Um, well, a sequel to Jedi. I would counter that the future is looking equally bright and equally horrible because it's just going to be a <laughs> constant mulching pit of constant games all the time, some of which are going to be good and some of which are going to be bad just by law of averages. And uh, that going, is true. And we're just going to consume it all like big fucking <laughs> cows, aren't we? That's me. That's me, big cow. Um, yeah, so we have Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, Respawn's also working on a first-person shooter. They're also helping with an XCOM-like Star Wars game, which I feel like could work. Like, that's a very... I, I could imagine XCOM but Star Wars. Well, in that you could basically do anything with combat in XCOM style. Yeah, that is true. And I think we've already mentioned that we could pretty much do anything that's Star Wars but blank. Mm. Um, there's a Knights of the Old Republic remake um, um, from Asper Studios, uh, Ubisoft Massive, the Division folks um, are working on a Star Wars game that we know no details about. And then uh, we've brought it up a few times, but uh, my personal favorite is Quantic Dream, the David Cage Studios Star Wars Eclipse, oh, which God. is now reported not to release until 2027 or 2028. Yeah, so yeah. that could be a cloud of dust for all it matters. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, so Star Wars, all... just looking bright. Ooh, there also hasn't been a Star Wars-themed JRPG. No, I think that would be great. Sims. I think that would be great. Just let the Persona team make a Star Wars game. Let the Persona team make everything. I think some people prefer to say console RPG versus PC-style RPG. I don't know if yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think JRPG doesn't necessarily need to be Japanese, which I know sounds very dumb considering the literal first letter of that. But I think if you say JRPG, I I know what you mean. I can think of games that aren't Japanese that you'd classify as JRPG. A lot of them indie. Yeah. There was a game, what was that game I played last year? Oh, I'll never, I will never remember. Costume Quest by Double Fine was very much felt like an old school JRPG and that was just... There was uh, Bug Fables that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, based, yeah. Based as Paper Mario. Yeah. Oh, well, that's going to bother me now. But there was a weird sort of uh, pastel-coloured, arty sort of game where you that had a sort of dual time periods gimmick. Chris Tales? What was that? Chris Tales? Yes, that was it. Chris Tales, thank you. Look at that. It's a Chris Tales miracle. Just as there's a lot of Western in, Western made anime inspired stuff, mm-hmm. there's a fair, there's a bit of a wave of Western made JRPG inspired stuff in the indie. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things. Like if someone called like Avatar: The Last Airbender an anime, I wouldn't like semantic them. I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, I get what you mean. I understand what you mean. Shall we go to super chats? That sounds wonderful. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost. 
and the FDA. <clears throat> Venom on Killer gives $5 and says, Yeah, it's a long time, first time. I love you. And the Will Save Galaxy series was amazing. Marty, hello from Spider-Man 3. Venom movies, FTW forever. That sounds great. I don't know what happened there with the Spider-Man 3 Venom stuff, but that sounds wonderful. Funny you should mention my Will Save the Galaxy series. Yesterday, I opened an uh, open office writer and I saved a file with the title, We'll Leave the Galaxy for Good. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that title on the first page and then I put my name under it and then added the sentence, the conclusion of the Jacques McCune trilogy. And then I <sighs> pressed and then I pressed Alt and Enter to go to the next page. Then I typed the word prologue and then I pressed Enter twice and then I stopped. <laughs> there you but go. Sounds uh, like progress has been yeah, made. Pro, like, I've, I've, I've officially broke the ground on that one. <laughs> uh, I have a couple early access comments. Can I can I rattle them off quick before Please. you move on to the next one? Uh, talk uh, nine five one Gallegos upgraded their membership to early access. Thank you so much, uh, Dan uh, Arusha. Welcome to early access. And then uh, Ben Dodson, who's been a member for eight months, uh, used our comment to say Force Unleashed had a great start. Vader versus Wookiees. I do remember that. That was a big mm. thing. You got to do kind of a, it was like a a, a dark power trip of Vader on Kashyyyk uh, murdering that, all of Chewbacca's family. That reminds me of, I think it was Star Wars Battlefront 2, which starts off in on like the moon of Endor in the aftermath of the Death Star explosion. It does, yeah. The little the campaign in Battlefront Two, yeah. This yeah. Felt, that felt like a huge missed opportunity because you were playing the Empire, but you didn't get to murder any Ewoks. Yeah, uh, maybe that was like a Disney thing of like, no, you cannot murder our little teddy bears. We need them. Fucking committee designs. Any smart person would have realized there's like thirty years of catharsis that could have had there. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Metal Gear Luke gives $5 to say, worst Star Wars game in my opinion, Star Wars Master of Terrace Kasi. There was a sand person named Hor. Hor? Hor. H-O-A-R. Oh. As in Horfrost. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, Luke, it, well, at least it was an H-O-A-R with an exclamation point because this, the sand person then would have been in their skivvies. Well, the name Metal Gear Luke has made me wonder, has there ever been a stealth Star Wars game? No, maybe that would have been, um, it's like some of the, like, we don't know the exact, uh, uh, specifics of some of those, uh, um, canceled ones like 1313 or Visceral's Ragtag. Hmm. Well, in the sense that they were making like a modern game and basically every game has stealth these days. Mm-hmm. But it was like a completely stealth focus thing, like the Thief series, where you had to where you're that'd be interesting Obi, playing as Obi Wan sneaking around the Death Star. There, that's my pitch. Okay, yeah, there you go. Lord Law gives five euros and says, "For my money, which I just gave you, Knights of the Old Republic Two is probably the most interesting Star Wars writing has ever gotten. Get well soon, Yards. Thank you, Lord Law." Oh. <laughs> Any comment? Uh, sorry, I was uh, uh, Nitro Republic Two. Yeah, the I'm most... sorry. I was I was re- responding to someone in the comments who thought I skipped them, but mm. I did not skip them. Kotor um, Two, the most interesting Star Wars writing has ever gotten. 
I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I know KOTOR 2, it's, it's sort of main um, sticking point is the fact that it uh, is very unfinished and it kind of just ends. Um, they ran out of budget and time and then there was never a KOTOR 3. Uh, that being said, the like the, a lot of the writing and, and character relationships in KOTOR and KOTOR 2, like you mentioned, very much have the DNA of Mass Effect in there. Like you can, you can um, um, draw a straight line from what they did with those games and those characters to what they did with with Shepard and the crew. I could definitely see that just from what I've seen of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, Alterikorgi gives $5 and says, Republic Commando, underrated tactical shooter, liked it because you didn't play Space Wizards. Well, uh, I, I thought, yeah. Star Wars Battlefront as well. No, you, never, I mean, um, you never played Republic Commando? Uh, no. As I said, so that, I haven't played terribly many. Oh no, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to shame. That was just mostly a question. Um, that one no, was I do interesting. Feel shame, I feel very. Shame. <laughs> uh, it was interesting because that one felt like a mix of. It was like a slightly more arcadey version of squad-based tactics from like, um, like Rainbow Six or, or early Ghost Recon games. Hmm. Um, I, you know, mapped to a console controller, so so much more simplistic, but also sort of had a, a tinge of horror to it. Because it was like in the between episodes two and three, and so you'd be going through these dark caves fighting the 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 creepy Geonosian bug people. Um, yeah, and that game got re released, uh, I think, a year or two ago on on modern consoles. So I think, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I would have loved to see a, a, a follow up to that Star Wars survival horror then. game. There's another one. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, a straight up survival horror Star Wars game. I think yeah. that could be cool. Yeah. Well, as we've established, you could do literally anything. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Sorry. Opened the wrong window there. <clears throat> Blue Aversion gives two British pounds. Oh, hang on, missed one. Christopher L. gives 499 US to say X-Wing and TIE Fighter series were the most immersive Star Wars games by far before the Dark Times, before the EA. <laughs> uh... Yeah, those were, um, I mean, those those remain some of the most beloved uh, Star Wars games ever. And aside from uh, Star Wars Squadrons, which came out like a few years ago, um, I think I'm it's, it's weird that, that they haven't, yeah, and it's weird that they just haven't made a lot of like uh, a dedicated sort of dogfighting or, or, or flying sim games. Well, it doesn't sell quite as well as, you know, hack and slash, souls like mm -hmm. he. Uh, open world, the usual yeah. stuff. It's all the simpletons. Let's just, well, I'm just going to blame us simpletons. I'm one of the simpletons too, so don't uh, don't worry about that. Um, I have a couple more member comments I can go through before we move on to the next paid one. Uh, Michael Wolf, been a member for 24 months. Holy moly, two full years. Uh, using their bonus content to say, Yahtzee, are you going to review the open world Kirby? Well, firstly, it's not an open world Kirby. It's absolutely not open world. And uh, secondly, I thought about it, but I decided I couldn't be bothered. I mean, it's a it's a Nintendo game for babbies. What do you want me to say? You think it's for babbies, and then you get to the post game, and that game A gets incredibly fucking hard, and B gets very scary and real. There's well, like I... souls like boss fights in that game. It is insanity. I don't know well, what I'm... is happening with Kirby. Well, I still can't be bothered. No, I don't. I don't blame you for not being bothered. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, uh, Michael Wolf, uh, purchase it. 
And if you don't like it, Nick will refund you. Uh, Bluer version gives two British pounds to say the worst. You didn't mention Star Wars Connect. Oh, but we did, Bluer version. We did. You were just too quick on the draw. Yeah. So couldn't count your chickens, mate. Yeah. <laughs> SPS Guru 2000 gives five euros to say the only ones I've played were Empire at War and that MMO. Former was fine, mm -hmm. the latter was terrible. The VR space sim was okay, but that made me sick. Was that Squadrons? I remember playing a Star Wars game in VR. You, you could play Squadrons in VR. Um, you could play it with PSVR. It wasn't uh, necessary to play it in VR. Like, I, I played it just regular, like. Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine a VR uh, dogfighting game might make me nauseous. Uh, Zaratha gives five Brazilian real to say bluer version only says Star Wars Connect is bad because they can't dance like Han Solo. SMH. Yeah. Yeah, Han Solo. He, he really he really cut a rug in that game. And then there was no Star Wars Connect game ever again. And then they just got rid of Connect. So hmm. maybe he cut too many rugs. Sure. Uh, Will Cooling, who's been a member for uh, two years, holy moly, uh, using their comment to say, oh my god, this sounds like old school ZP. It makes it more obvious how much more you've uh, become over time. Feel better soon, Yahtzee. Thank you. I think only, you sound great. It would only sound more like old school ZP if I gave myself a heavy lisp on my arse. <laughs> Let's walk into the mirror. <laughs> was, that, was that what old school ZP sounded like? Well, I tended to... Uh, I tended to... What's the word for that when you say R's as W's? Like baby speak? No, no, no. No, the thing Jonathan Ro Jonathan Wass does. Oh, is, that, is there a term for that? I just call it baby I, speak. I'm pretty sure there is. Okay. I'm sorry for calling it baby speak. <clears throat> Seeing if the chat produces it in the next few seconds. <laughs> no. It's not adorable? No. Well, it might be. <laughs> <clears throat> Roticism? Yes, that was it. Thank you, that fanboy That's guy. a term? Yeah. And cruelly, it's a word that you can't really pronounce very well if you have that problem. You I'd say what is this word. Absolutely never heard that word. Anyway, Zikruel gives $5 and says, My favourite is and probably will always be the original Star Wars Battlefront 2. The story of the 501st will live on. Yeah, that's confusing. They... There's two Star Wars Battlefront 2s, and one of them is really bad. Yeah, yeah this is the uh, the whole uh, Halloween thing all over again. They made a Battlefront, and then a Battlefront 2, and then a Battlefront, and then another Battlefront 2. Hmm. Like we say, it's Halloween all over again. Yeah, it's very depressing. But in space, though, gives $5. And says, my favourite Star Wars games are Gungan Frontier, Star Wars mm -hmm. Zoo Tycoon. Oh, I guess that's a management game. Oh, there you go. I never heard of that. And Droidworks, Puzzle Platformer. Why aren't those ever in talks for re-release stroke sequels? Because the genres are too specific. Yeah. Management game is... and Puzzle Platformer. We need very <laughs> games with very unspecific genres these days. <laughs> Action adventures, nothing but. Yeah. That's true. We're we're simple. Just we just want to eat our slop. Give us our slop. 
Lucas Car Mitchell gives five dollars and says, "Could you explain, like I'm five, why the humour in Borderlands doesn't work that well? I get that it's dumb humour, but it still works on me, lol." Well, I guess for me, it's a it's a matter of elegance. I refer you to like Red Letter Media's reviews comparing the Ghostbusters reboot to the original Ghostbusters. Now, the original Ghostbusters was full of very witty lines, very sort of deadpanly delivered. And uh, the remake was just, they tried to do comedy by having people just keep talking on the assumption they could just cut together something vaguely amusing. Mm -hmm. It was sort of an improv comedian approach. Yeah. And that sort of sums up my problem with Borderlands writing. Most of it, they just try to create humour by talking constantly. And if, and if they just keep talking, eventually the line will become funny by nature of having gone on so long. Yeah, there's a, a lack of brevity. Yeah, I prefer my humour to have a little bit of wit and pithiness. Mm-hmm. But also, Lucas, if the humour worked on you, then you don't have to worry about the humour not working well, right? Yeah. Like if the humour mm-hmm. worked on you personally... Assuming, of course, that, what we think. assuming, of course, that the humour did work and you're just trying to tell yourself it did. Oh my god, you're trying to trick yourself. I do that a lot. Yeah, way to gaslight yourself, asshole. <laughs> anyway, SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says they recently canonized some Star Trek online ships by using them in that awful Picard series, which I'm happy oh. to say I've watched n- nothing of, despite they... having been a huge fan of The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. I just can't bear the thought, frankly. They uh, just announced, like, literally, like, right before we started recording this, that almost the entire core uh, Next Generation cast is coming back for the next season of Picard. Here's the thing you liked. Here's the thing you liked again. Give us cash. It's back in pog form. (sighs) Uh, Bullseye Hun, been a member for 11 months, using their comment to say best was Star Wars Galaxies, worst was uh, Star Wars Galaxies NGE. I imagine that was an an expansion. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my god, I would love a Star Wars game that was like that. Um, uh, everyone dies at the end, and there's just a huge floating corpse of Princess Leia in the sea. <laughs> uh, apparently it was called uh, New Game Enhancements, so I think there was like an update that really uh, uh, mucked the game That's a up. shitty name for an update. Mm-hmm. You should have called it something like, you know, Beyond the Force. Yeah, or something that like seems that. like it. Yeah, can we re- retroactively go back and call it that? That's, actually, that sounds bad. Yeah, sort of, okay, sounds, sort of sounds like a, a legal term for um, excessive violence. You went. <laughs> you used you used violence beyond the force. Yes, you went beyond the force, <laughs> and now that child has to live without parents. You monster. Uh, Hugh says apparently NGE was an attempt to shift it uh, to become more WoW-like. Hmm. So apparently they tried to like course correct halfway through its um, life cycle, and that didn't work. Well, doesn't that always pay off? Yeah, changing halfway through to be more like the thing that everyone already likes and already has. Yeah, hasn't that always paid off? <clears throat> uh, Tsuna Midusha gives twenty US dollars and says, "Off topic, but thank you, Marty, for recommending Aegis Rim Thirteen Sentinels to Yate. I hope he enjoys it. Vanillaware could use more love." Well, don't count your chickens. I can't be bothered to play it. (laughs) 
Uh, I think it is excellent, and I highly recommend it to everyone in the chat. I actually just got a code for it on Switch, which comes out next week, and I'm going to be playing it um, and, and hopefully gabbing about it more. So highly recommended if you like Persona or the aforementioned uh, Evangelion or Lost or Big Robos okay. or Time Travel. Okay, well, I like Persona, but I also know that you like uh, Shin Megami Tensei, and I don't. That's true. So I'm not sure That's... how to take your recommendation. <laughs> Uh, the the persona it has is just you. It actually has the parts of persona you like, which is uh, 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 Japanese high school kids waifus uh, hanging out, and, and it has waifus. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have any of the scary demons of uh, Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, I like uh, some of the scary demons. I like the dude who's on the toilet. He's still my favorite. Yeah, big shitter. Yeah, and a much needed life lesson. Yeah. Remember to go to the toilet. Exactly. I wish my uh, my daughter would have internalized that one. <laughs> Get her like a little plushie of Belphegor or whatever that guy's name is. Well, it might help. Zaratha, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, gi again, gives five Brazilian reels, says, also one, forgot to say hi, hello. Two, off topic, thank you, Marty, for the Chrono Cross review today. Love that RPG so much. Oh my god, I got two compliments in a row, Yahtzee. That was uh, great. Uh that's the one with the ridiculous number of party members, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you can you can uh, get uh, up to like forty five characters, and they, those include like weird little aliens and dogs and uh, 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 straw men that are like religious figures. It's a very strange game. I'm sure I'd be equal to Chrono Cross. I'd be pretty overwhelmed yeah. by that because your actual active party is like what three dudes? Three? It's three. Yeah, I'd be too <laughs> spoiled for choice. I'd go mad. Yeah, I think there is like a sweet spot, and it's ten. And uh, uh, the 45 is probably not that sweet spot. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the game's coming out this week on... Uh, that was the old PS1 classic. It's coming out this week on Switch and PS4 and PC, I believe. Do you, um, do you have to yeah, use them to get them to level up? Uh, no, the game has a very strange leveling up system. Also, most of the party members are kind of useless. Like, right. the game is kind of broken because only, like, stealing is a very important skill in the game. And only two characters have it. And so you're like, well, I'll probably keep one of the thieves in my party at all time because, like, that's how I'm going to steal all the good loot. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Robert O'Hara gives a 4.99 US says, "What some of, some of your fave Star Wars mods, i.e., total mm. conversion stuff for games like Sins of Solar Empire, also fave mods for Star Wars games, uh, Knights of the Old Republic." In brackets, I, for some reason. I, I wish I had an answer to your question, Robert, um, but I just don't know that much about the modding scene. Chat, I would love to hear if there's standout uh, Star Wars mods. Well, uh, Dark Forces was practically a Doom mod, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That is, yeah, that is kind of true. I mean, a lot of these are like, if you really want to boil it down, it's kind of just like uh, skins of, uh, of older games. Oh, Jason Tudor says, was going to mention Sins of the Solar Empire mod. Hmm. I didn't realize that uh, that 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 there were. I would have. I don't know. I just would have figured like Disney would have been very litigious and and gone after any of those. Have you noticed the bandaid on my finger? By the way, I keep seeing it on the uh, webcam, so I thought I'd mention uh, it. Uh, oh, I have not noticed because I can't see you. No. Oh no, you can't. I no. have my chat popped out. I chipped my thumbnail. Man, you're just a mess. Chipped yeah, your I'm thumbnail. A, you're getting yeah, sick. I'm a huge mess today. Luckily, yeah. Toffee's keeping me company to make me feel good. Aww. Oh, well, Toff. He's, like, developed a new habit of, like, wandering off and hiding in things. Uh, like, when that, I'm that sounds my, cute. When I'm putting my daughter to bed, he keeps, like, sneaking in and hiding in the cupboard. 
I think that's very cute. I think it's a, that's a vintage toffee move. Cam <clears throat> uh, Janinja gives $20 and says, Crucial thing about Star Wars was always the unique imagery and tone. Lightsabers, X-Wings, Darth Vader, the score, the look, sound, and mood stayed with you far longer than anything. Games, films, and fans struggle to remember that. I think... I, I completely agree with you, but I think a lot of the games try to capture that same imagery and tone, um, which is why you see those things you mentioned, uh, you know, lightsabers, X-Wings, Darth Vader, the music, like we've seen those used ad nauseum in games. Mm. <clears throat> that guy, you know, gives five US dollars and says, I'm so excited for the new Monkey Island game. That art style looks so good. I played one, two and Tails. Do you think I should three and four? I'd say play three. I'd say don't bother with tails, but I guess, you know, that ship has sailed. And definitely not much point bothering with four. Yeah, I never actually played four. Oh, um, I, might, I might write an extra punctuation about the Monkey Island series. Oh, uh, strike while that iron's hot. Because I need a topic for this week, and uh, mm. it's relevant all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that, that things we like are coming back. A lot of times things I don't like are coming back. See, I, I used to be really into like point-and-click adventure games, mm -hmm. but I went off them when I realised how intrinsically limited they were as video games became more sophisticated. I mean, back in the day, yeah. they were kind of essential because, you know, they were the only games that had any decent writing. But I think uh, towards the end of the 90s, uh, video games and computer games merged enough that you could actually have decent gameplay and decent stories. So adventure games sort of became obsolete for me. Yeah, I think uh, going back to, like, unless you have, like, uh, a lot of nostalgia for the older ones, um, the, the puzzles can feel very limiting, mm. since you know, most of them, excuse me, only have one solution, whereas um, games that sort of took inspiration from adventure games but transitioned into other genres tend to be more creative with their puzzles and mm. um allow outside the box thinking to solve things in in a variety of ways yeah that was always the problem with old punctic adventure games there was always like one thread of logic mm -hmm. and, of it, and uh, it made sense to the designer alone so you have to use this specific long object to grab the dangling thing yeah. from the ceiling any other will not do yeah, and then you quickly realize like everyone is weird in their own ways. So if one person might think this makes total sense, but to ninety nine percent of the people, it's gonna be like, what? How did you make that logical leap? Did you ever play the Discworld adventure game? I never did. No. Jesus Christ, the logical <laughs> leaps to some of those puzzles. Yeah. Flipping neck. Uh, Rufus Omega gives uh, five British pounds and says, maybe my attention wandered at that exact moment, but I didn't hear mention of Republic Commando, which was bloody excellent. Well, we did mention that. I think that, I mentioned so it there. afterwards. <laughs> I think I mentioned it afterwards. So I, get, I think there's intrinsically a flaw in the format of this show. I don't know how to fix it, but I don't know if well, everyone else is fine well, with we it. We could I'm read down it. Super Chats as they come in, but then we'd never be That's able true. to stick to any topic. I mean, no, we, no. I mean, we can't anyway, but yeah, even more so. Yeah. Oh God, there's a whole bunch more now. <clears throat> we did it. The Proud of us. Krashnikov gives twenty Swedish kroner to say Battlefront had a horror mode. Empire versus Ewoks. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe uh, if horror is in the eye of the beholder, then uh, maybe that, that like, is a horror mode. I don't. I never played it, but was that like some sort of alien isolation? 
like challenge mode, but with Ewoks instead of the alien. Because that would be incredible if you had like a little motion tracker and yeah. you just saw like the Ewoks are in the walls. Oh god, they're inside the room. <laughs> Uh, there was in uh, so Shadows of the Empire that was um, an early Nintendo 64 um, game that was hmm. based on a book, but uh, it was like a just whatever action adventure game. Uh, it had a segment where you had to fight um, these uh, uh, sort of underwater creatures. It's like the thing in the tr- the trash compactor that grabbed Luke in the original movie. Hmm. Um, but there was something about that level that like terrified the shit out of me as a kid, and it was something about like the murkiness of the water and the lack of control and the fact that this sort of globby thing would just appear out of the ether. Um, that was probably the closest thing I had to a horror experience in a Star Wars game. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Engineering gives $10 and says, just got here, so missed most of the convo, but Republic Commandos on Xbox is my fave. Ugh, another one. Another vote mm-hmm. for Republic Commando, it seems. Followed by oh, Rogue yeah. Squadron on N64. Yeah. Rogue Squadron, another great one. Um, I'm bummed that they just... No one's just made a new Rogue Squadron game, but very pretty. Seems like an easy one in my mind. Guy on Couch gives 125 Filipino peso to say, I wonder why Disney never asked Square to make a Star Wars game given their long-standing relationship. I mean, Marvel games, Kingdom Hearts, etc. seems logical. Yeah, there was... uh... Were they talking about doing a Star Wars thing in Kingdom Hearts? Or did I dream that? Everyone assumed at a certain point that there would be a Star Wars level. Like once, once uh, Disney bought Lucas, um, everyone assumed it would eventually hit the, you know, um, Kingdom Hearts. Especially when they started veering into more live action things like Pirates of the Caribbean and yeah, Tron. I was to say, they did a Pirates of the Caribbean level once. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with Marvel, you know, they, I mean, they kind of tied into Marvel with Big Hero Six. But um, if they make another Kingdom Hearts, I could imagine, still imagine a world where there's a Star Wars level. Um, you know. I, I don't think that's off the necessarily off the table. Uh, pair. Oh, oh, sorry, after you. Oh, I was just going to do a pair, a pair of really quick uh, member comments. Uh, AJH six five seven, welcome to early access. And then uh, David Bateman been a member for eight months, using their comment to say, "Just want to thank everyone at the Escapist for giving me something to listen to at my bullshit overnight job. Keep up the fantastic work." You're welcome. You are very welcome, David. All right, back to you. Alexi Time gives $10 to say it is funny that this franchise went from everything good being in spite of George Lucas to everything bad being because of Disney. There is yeah. so much gold in the extended universe that was wasted. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that is funny that the trajectory of how folks feel about George Lucas has has changed dramatically over time. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people seem to have redeemed the prequels in their eyes. Yeah, but, I think uh, it's because the uh, those those movies were kind of ultimately for kids, and the the people who were kids at the time are now oh, old enough to have like a public opinion. Oh come on, that's always the excuse given, but they just don't hold a candle to the original trilogy if you watch them back to back. Uh, listen, I agree, but I just think it's kids who grew up on them in the same way that like there's certain things I'm nostalgic for that I know aren't very good, but I still have a lot of nostalgic love for them, and so that I think grew, if so you... that horrible, horrible scene of uh, Anakin Skywalker horribly burning to death with all his limbs chopped off. That was for kids, was it? Yeah. That's perfectly fine. I don't know. Like, the Lion King had had, had some, some gnarly stuff. That had, and like, the, uh, and the prolonged Uncle Murder. And the prolonged Senate debates and conversations about trade routes. That was for kids, was it? So, that's... The main thing is, if I was a kid watching those at the time, I would just be bored. Like, those... The, talking about taxation and shit, like what kid wants to watch this? But I don't know. Apparently, they like Jar Jar, and there's like a thing that farted in Jar Jar, and then they went on a race. 
Sounds great. No notes. Well done, prequels. But the performances were all so flat. I mean, they were all very what bad. other movie is Daniel in Samuel L. Jackson such an absolute flatline of a performance? That, literally you have one. to really work hard to make a Samuel L. Jackson performance come across as flat. His, like, <laughs> natural state is the most interesting guy in the room. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Mackay... Oh, missed one. Scavenger gives $5 and says, The Game Boy Star Wars game had a glitch where you could escape the Death Star without saving Leia. Took me ten years to learn you could unlock and play as her. And that's how Leia became Leia. Leia. But I guess if you didn't escape with Leia, in theory, you would have just blown her up the next day when they go to blow up the Death Star. So that wouldn't have been good. Hmm. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, Mackay gives 100 Swedish Kroner to say, Jedi Outcast and Academy were some of my favorite games and had some of the most fun lightsaber combat I've experienced. Would like to see a return to games like those, as unlikely as it is. Um... I mean, I think uh, uh, Fallen Order is the thing that's most closely carrying that torch. Well, it's just Soulsy combat. That's yeah. That's it's not good because it's uh, Star Wars combat. It's good. Yeah. It's Dark Souls combat with Star Wars uh, wallpaper on it. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what they do um, with the sequel because it's been it's been a few years and and I don't know. I, I can imagine a sequel fixing a lot of the problems folks had with the first one so we'll see well we've already done going down zip lines and going back up the zip lines maybe there'll be a power <laughs> way to stop in the middle of a zip line and do a little dance oh incredible let's get respawn on the phone um, uh john mccrory gives five dollars and says big fan of the show glad i was able to catch it live have you heard of the gba game that used solar panels on the cartridge to fight vampires yeah buck tie it was called produced by my personal hero Hideo Kojima, he's not actually my personal hero, but just so yeah, just making by use of just making use of a hardware gimmick, was it? Yeah, so it was like a it was a, a Game Boy game that stuck out a little bit, and so it had this like kind of solar panel on it, and and you played a vampire hunter, and so you would you know the panel would absorb uh, sunlight, and and you would the more sunlight you absorbed, the uh, you know more powerful your character was able to become but uh i i that led to a lot of problems where like if you right. lived somewhere without sunlight or wanted to play at night or you know if the technology kind of goofed i'm not even sure i'm imagining like an emulation you could probably just change the value to be like yep it's sunny outside don't worry game the things you could do back in the cartridge era when games yeah. were basically just another chunk of console you clipped on yeah yeah all sorts of neat things where you can make a like a bizarre chimera yeah that sonic and knuckles game that yeah sort of lifted the flat and you can put the sonic 3 on top of it weird shit <clears throat> and um i think it was a couple of n64 games just came with extra memory just on the cartridge <laughs> yeah there was the one that came with the expansion pack where you'd open up the front of your console and just jam this little thing in and it's like nope now you can play donkey kong 64 well done mm. <clears throat> Uh, Will Cooling gives two British pounds, says, but has Yahtzee been watching RLM's Picard reviews? Naturally, Will Cooling. I had the latest one on last night in the background while I was beating Snakey Boy in Elden Ring. Oh, congrats on being Snakey Boy. It was surprisingly easy. I mean, they give you the best possible weapon to use on him, like, oh. at the door. It was like being at a theme yeah. park. Yeah, it was like, oh, try this large snake sword. 
Yeah, weird choice that. And I almost killed Radan last night, but I just gave it like one token go before I went to bed. And he was like very close to death and I just got hit by a lucky shot. So I'm going to kill him properly tonight, I think. Uh, so apparently you got to him a little late because he was difficult at launch. And then yeah, in an update, yeah. he was nerfed. And then in another update a day or two ago, he was made more difficult again. So yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard he got nerfed. Yeah, but I think he's he's on the tough side now. That's a neat neat fight though. Hmm. Um, Scavenger gives five dollars and says also might be late. No list is complete without mentioning Scorpion Vader from the Famicom. The years yeah. where you made up bosses from lack of content. Yeah, there was a, uh, a, a game based on um, uh, New Hope. I think it was like the late 80s uh, that never, in theory, never left Japan. You know, you can play on an emulator now. But I just didn't know what to do with its bosses. And so at one point, Darth Vader transforms into um, a scorpion, like a big scorpion, and you fight him. Uh, retro yeah. adaptations. Yeah. Always fun. <clears throat> Uh, SVSGO2000 gives five euros and says, Loved Chrono Cross back in the day. That opening theme always brings water to my eyes. It's, oh, it's beautiful music. Absolutely it. beautiful music. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, RPG soundtracks ever. Hmm. Dorian King gives 10 Canadian dollars. Says, you guys keep me entertained every week when I run. I appreciate everything you do. Also, I never played a Star Wars game, but was tempted by Fallen Order. Heard it was too glitchy, though. I never ran into any glitches when I was playing it. No, neither did I at launch. And I imagine if there were problems at launch, it probably got fixed by now. What so. version was I playing? I think I was playing the PC version. Yeah, I was definitely playing console. I can't remember if it was Xbox or PlayStation, but definitely one of those. Well, anyway. And mm -hmm. Dorian King comes back immediately. Guiltily. <laughs> with another $5 to say, whoops, that's a lie. I did play Pod Racer on N64. Always played as Mars Guo. <laughs> Fun game, but started to make me motion sick. Uh, I like how always played as Mars Guo. I'm, like, I'm assuming Mars Guo is probably a character in that game. That sounds right. Um, I never really get motion sick during games. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm fortunate, but do you? Do you ever have to like uh, uh, toggle settings in games? If you get too um, nauseous, do you have to like toggle screen shake or anything? I used to get motion sick playing VR, but now I just get headaches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mum used to get motion sick if I was playing a first person shooter while she was in the room. Yeah, I know that's a big thing. Um, if you kind of are backseating certain shooters, um, I know a lot of folks who get, who get kind of sick off those, which is strange. Mm. Well, that's all the super chats. We did it. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Look, you made it through while you were sick. Yeah, now my throat really hurts. Oh, now I feel bad. No more Super Chats. I'm going to go and eat some sandwiches. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly how you, uh, that's a, exactly how you fix being sick. Uh, that's a, all the only idea I have. But, no, sandwiches are great. Well, it's lunchtime, so I'm going to have some sandwiches. Yeah, it's absolutely the sandwich hour. Oh. I just remembered I bought some salt and vinegar crisps to have for my lunch. But now those aren't going to be very nice on my throat. No, that's, that's, that sounds like a very dangerous thing to eat if your throat's not feeling well. Maybe I'll just cover them in honey or something. <laughs> Great. Salt, vinegar, and honey. The big yeah, three. That's got to work. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you everyone for watching Slightly Something Else or listening to it. And thank you for all the super chats. It really helps us not have to run so many ads. Although not a zero amount of ads, apparently. I, I don't know who wrote and narrated the Exer ad, but I thought it was excellent. So thank you to the folks at Exer for creating such incredible wallets. So remember to tune in tomorrow for Zero Punctuation, which will be on the subject of Stranger of Paradise. Oh, Fantasy no. Origin, speaking of JRPGs. Oh, no. <laughs> that should be a fun one. It's uh, got to be better than Babylon's Fall, right? I guess you don't, yeah. you don't have to spoil it. It can't be worse than Babylon's Fall. Uh, oh, oh no! <laughs> well, uh, turd on a shingle probably better than Babylon's Fall. So they don't, uh, they don't get much points for that. Yes, uh, and of course, post ZP stream as usual tomorrow. Not sure who that'll be with. We'll figure it out, I assume. Or maybe I, I won't I imagine we my can. Hurts and maybe I'll just can't be asked. We'll see or you can I'm just feeling. play it in silence. Just do a two-hour stream in silence. Who does that? Besides speedrunners. Sickos? Just be a sicko. Well, I am sick. That's true. You're, you're almost there. You just need to add an O, and then you're good. <clears throat> um, what do you got coming up this week? Um, you could check out the aforementioned uh, Chrono Cross 3MR, which is um, currently live on YouTube. Uh, check out Casey's Lego Star Wars 3MR. We also have a Fantastic Beast, the new Harry Potter movie 3MR, which apparently is not very good. Uh, tune in tomorrow morning for Breakout at the regular time. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of stuff we've been playing, including Kirby and Lego and Chrono. And uh, Nick's been playing uh, Cyberpunk for some reason in the year of our Lord 2022. Nick is still spending his time playing Cyberpunk. Maybe they fixed it now. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then Thursday, um, Casey and I are beginning our Metal Gear Solid playthrough, yeah. starting with Metal Gear Solid 1. So that'll be at uh, 3 p.m. Central on Thursday. So you finish with Dead Space then? then. We did. We completed all three Dead Spaces, and uh, as well as the Dead Space Awakened DLC, which I don't know if you remember that whole kerfluffle, but Dead Space 3 ended on a really bad cliffhanger, and yeah. then uh, a month later, for $10, they released supposedly the true ending epilogue that also ended on a cliffhanger, and then <laughs> that studio went out of business, and yeah. So. You're going to do all the Metal Gear Solids, because that's going to take a pretty long time. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I think we've committed to one, two, and three. Because okay. by the time you get to four, four is um, absolutely more cinematic than, like, you literally are watching it more than you're playing it. And there's like a yeah. two and a half hour cutscene in four, which yeah, that would be a yeah. weird stream. So, um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Maybe if people are digging it, we'll just be sickos and we'll keep doing that. Also, your uh, EP on Thursday goes, uh, your, 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 EP from last week goes live to everybody. Oh, yes. That'll go out on Thursday. It's on the subject mm -hmm. of Prey and why nobody <laughs> talks about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and we're almost at the five, fifth anniversary of Prey. I think mm. in like a few weeks is the fifth anniversary. So good timing on that one. Okay. That'll be it for us. Say goodbye, Toffee. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Oh, Toffee. Oh, Toffee. Go hide in more cabinets. <laughs> <laughs>